Good morning. Hey, Greg Coxon here. I'm very pleased to be here and have the opportunity to go ahead and bring to you the inaugural podcast of New Man Now, which would be a podcast of the New Man Ministries that the Lord has uh, given me to launch. And so I'm real happy to, to really get going in this deal. It's I've kind of been somewhat on pause. It's been of my own volition or my own decision. Uh, I've had some idealism that I needed to let go of and just embrace the realities that I don't have the professional equipment or the time to professionally produce podcasts. So I'm just going to go ahead and launch into this deal, do what I know in my heart I'm supposed to be doing, and that is delivering the Word of God by the Spirit to bring and break bread to His people and to provide opportunity for rhema words, to bring revelation and found your faith in God uh, for growth and maturity and walking those steps that God has ordered for us to walk. Praise God. We know in part, prophesy in part, teach in part, <laughs> you know, according to what Paul uh, brought forth by the Spirit of God. But hallelujah, I praise you, God, that this part is going to be excellent. It's going to be serving unto your purpose and it's going to bring forth, Father, your desired end as I endeavor to draw from my heart the streams of living water uh, that you put inside of it to uh, deliver to your people. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for this opportunity for taking some time to listen. Uh, again, please bear with me. I'm going to do what I can to uh, keep improving and stepping forth into this co concept and this process uh, to go ahead and make things better and better, I guess, if you will, as I start to accrue some of the equipment and some of the knowledge uh, that's needed in order to produce a, a professional podcast. But right now, I just I thank you that you're with me. Just bear with me. We're going to move forward in this. Hey, I just want to give just a little bit of uh, background about what New Man Ministries is about. I mean, New Man is kind of a contraction of the Greek word pneuma, the original language from which the majority of the New Testament was translated that word is translated to mean spirit, and it could be translated to mean spirit little s or spirit capital S for the Holy Ghost. And so anytime you see the word spirit, pretty much in the New Testament, it's been translated from this word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. And we actually use that word in the English language as a uh, uh, preliminary word, if you will, to actually found or to describe an additional root word. Uh, so and expound upon it and make it make it make the full term. So something like the word pneumatic means to be driven by air. Uh, you know, I think of the word. It just comes to my mind. Pneumothorax means you've got an issue in terms of air in your thorax that keeps you from breathing. You've been it's been, your thorax has been penetrated and it keeps your diaphragm from operating properly and your ability to inflate your lungs. So the bottom line is the word pneuma has the meaning. Air, but the thing about the Greek word pneuma, and I am not a Greek scholar, don't even pretend to be, but I've done some pretty extensive research and I've constantly referenced the Greek lexicons, uh, Strong's Greek concordance and others, trying to get more and more information from which the original text was rendered, okay, uh, whether it's the New Testament and then, of course, the Hebrew being the original language predominantly for the Old Testament. And I really encourage you to do this. As you get in the Word of God, 
Go to, and I tell you, I'm sorry, I know a lot of the older generation just really loathe a lot to do with the technology and the use of electronic devices to access the Bible. I have to tell you, I carry around something that's about eight by four inches, and I've got no less than about 20 translations at my fingertips. I've got the Greek and Lexicon you know, concordances, dictionaries, things that I can just immediately access by a press of my finger. I can't tell you how invaluable that is. People, I I, I talked to my mother-in-law and she's in a place that she has been a student of the word for decades. And she is someone who has applied herself and had literally a library full of books. And I know uh, other matriarchs and patriarchs of the faith have just spent countless hours pulling these books off the shelf and things that you know, you would have to have a library for, you know, and store in your room in order to be able to access and do word studies. And I have to tell you that now all of this is at the click of a button. And it's just such a tremendous, awesome privilege that we have now in this day and age for such a time as this. All of us are here. Man, let's take advantage of this knowledge. Let's take advantage of the technologies and, and, and allow the, the opportunity for ease of access of information. I mean, let's not make this hard. Uh, so I use the electronic media, the electronic devices, in order to access and study the, the Word of God. So I invite you to do the same. So I just want to get into <clears throat> talking a little bit about my about the ministry. So Numa, when you click on that, I use the Blue Letter Bible. You can click on most any of the translation or any of the uh, texts in the New Testament where you see the word Spirit. You can click on if you're in the uh, Blue Letter Bible. That passage, and then you can go ahead and click on the Greek and Hebrew concordance, and you'll see that most oftentimes that word is rendered from the original language pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. And you know that when you start drilling into the the meaning of that word, and it has several meanings, the majority I say of time of which they're translated to mean spirit. But I have to say you dive into that a little bit deeper and you see that it's not just talking about spirit you know, generically. It's talking about a particular characterization of spirit. It's talking about a forceful, if you, if you use it in terms of error, it's talking about a forceful blast. And you know, Jesus actually kind of, you know, he brought forth an analogy to someone who was asking him about, you know, the things to do, if you will, with the spirit and the kingdom of God. And Jesus was trying to relate to them about what the spirit was like, the spirit realm was like, and the effects of the spirit. And he said, you know, you, can you see the wind, he said. You know, you, you, you can see the effects of the wind and, and you know from where it comes and where it goes, but you, don't, you can't actually see wind. Uh, you can see the dirt that the wind carries. You can see the effects of it on the vegetation or, you know, blowing a piece of uh, paper or something around. But you don't actually see the actual force. You see the effects of it. And he said, that's the way it is in the spirit realm. And uh, so... That word pneuma is talking about the the dynamic, forceful blast, if you will. And I like to render it to mean basically the spirit of God. In other words, that forceful energy producing uh, ability, okay, of the spirit realm. And uh, in this case, it could mean our actual spirit. Or oftentimes it's translated, obviously, to mean Holy Ghost, so capital S. And so as you hear me teach, you're going to hear me use Spirit, capital S. And when I say that, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost 
or spirit little s, that's talking about our spirit. And so the word pneuma, I just, I have just absolutely been uh, enthralled, focused, you know, just almost kind of possessed. And I have, I am with the Holy Ghost, praise God, with pneuma. Uh, and, and that seems to be the hallmark of the anointing in teaching that God continually pervades my life with. And so when I'm actually teaching, when I'm, I'm, I'm delivering and I'm, I'm meditating on the things of God to deliver, I mean, this is what comes up over and over and over and over and over again. This is kind of like, if you will, almost my son that I'm continually revolving around uh, as, an, as a teacher of the Word of God. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And there's a lot of excellent teachers out there, and you can see some uh, links on my website, newman.org, www.newman.org, uh, with regard to other ministry links that I have proven out personally. I still invite you to check and prove things. You know, anything that you hear from a teacher, understand that, you know, things are coming through, through flesh and blood and soul vessels. And so, you know, things can be can be touched with the flesh, touched with the soul, and can be uh, get off track, can be distorted, can can be incorrect. But the reality needs to be that you always check with your heart. You always check with the Holy Spirit, who's the teacher. Uh, I believe it was John that said, you know, brethren, you have an unction of the Holy One, and you know all things. And he even went on to say that you have not, not a need of a teacher because of that unction. Well, he's not saying you don't have need for teaching. He's saying that you have the principal teacher, the Holy Spirit, who always lives inside of us and leads us into truth and knowledge. And if you will continually check back in with that still small voice, I invite and I absolutely entreat and I demand that everyone don't ever take anything I say or any other minister for granted without checking first with your with your, the co-witness in your heart. If it does not line up with the co-witness, the co-witness being the voice of the Spirit in agreement with your Spirit, giving you the perception, the knowing that that's right, that's correct, what I just heard. Or it would be the opposite. You would have an inner kind of a grating on your inside and something's off here. And it just seems to you that something's off. Listen to that. That's the Holy Ghost co-witnessing with your spirit. Something's off here. And if you ever check back in with the Holy Spirit with regard to what's being said, what's being ministered, and you're getting that grading, that inner uh, seeming that something's off, listen, you'd listen to that. Don't just take that stuff in and then uh, consider it to be gospel or truth. Um, always check everything back with the word of God in your heart. If it doesn't line up, forget it. I don't care who says it. Me, you know, any other minister in this world, forget it. Okay, so, sorry, I soapboxed a little bit. Uh, I wanted this to be the inaugural podcast of New Man Now, uh, New Man Ministries, podcast of New Man Ministries. I'm trying to lay a little bit of foundation about what this ministry is about. It's about the spirit. It's about who you are as spirit first. You are a pneuma being. You are a spirit being. And, you know, the Holy Spirit brought into my awareness as I've, as I've ministered the Spirit and I've ministered or ministered the Word. I've ministered the Word many times, front of house ministry before churches and assemblies. And I lead uh, local fellowships and so forth, groups, uh, you know, young adults ministry, whatever it might be. 
You know, he, he brought to me something to lead people in confession. You know, the Bible talks about holding fast a profession. Of course, that's talking about the confession of your faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, him crucified, raised from the dead, and now seated at the right hand of the Father in whom you're actually seated as well if you've accepted that gospel truth. But also it means to hold fast the profession of, of faith in other things as well. You know, hold fast your confession. And so confessions are good. Um, they help to found uh, your soul and, and eventually provide a linkage between your soul and your spirit as you begin to speak forth and come to a place that the spirit and the word agree and, 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 and illuminate your mind, your understanding. That's called revelation. So confessions are good oftentimes to, to lead to a revelation. So say this with me. I am spirit first. I'm created in the image of my heavenly father. I am spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. That's it. I mean, it's just a simple confession. I would lead people in that before I begin teaching, before I begin ministering the word of God. Have them confess that. I invite you to confess that throughout the day. I'm spirit first. I mean, you can just shorten it down. I'm spirit first. I'm pneuma first. Before anything else, I am spirit. See, the reality is God is spirit. He's nothing else. He's not a corporeal being. Now, Jesus, his word who, who is sent to be the propitiation, the eternal sacrifice for, for us so that we could be bought, redeemed back from our separation from him, he was incarnate in the flesh and blood temple, just like we are, flesh and blood body. But the Father is not. He is a spirit. He who is the ancient of days, he who has known no beginning will know no end. He is spirit. Jesus told the woman at the well whenever he met her, she asked him, you know, you know, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. In other words, she perceived that he was anointed, had the word of God in his mouth and could bring forth wisdom and understanding. Well, the thing about it is, is that Jesus interacted with her Every time, bringing her back to the reality of truth like he did with everybody else. <laughs> Sometimes that truth lined up with doctrine, and a lot of times it didn't. And one of the doctrines that she had, being a Samaritan woman, was her ancestry had taught her that you're supposed to worship God on this mountain. Whereas the Jews said, we're supposed to worship God on this mountain. And so she asked Jesus that, where are we supposed to worship God? And Jesus told her, you know and this is just the Greg version, this is just the Greg paraphrase, if you will. You know, the place that you worship God in the natural realm makes no difference whatsoever because the reality is God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So really what he's talking about is Mount Zion, if you will. He's talking about this spiritual mountain. He's talking about wherever you are as a spirit being, when you have been reconnected to the Father, you carry with you the Holy Spirit, the oneness of life with the Father. So really all you need to do is bow your head and you're looking and speaking to the Father God. I love what Andrew Womack says. I'm just going to go ahead and give a, an absolute shameless plug for Andrew Womack Ministries. He's the leading, to me, teacher and mentor. I've listened to, to hundreds of hours of his teaching. I'm just going to go ahead and just promote his ministry. I've got a link to his website. I have more times than I can, can count, you know, received so much uh, a revelation and had my eyes open to things that I thought I had a solid understanding of perspective on and then only to realize I had some issues that were not settled, that were not 
enlightened to me that the Holy Spirit brought through that, that anointed teacher. And, you know, um, I like what he says, you know, he says that so many people want to pr- assume different postures in prayer when he said, really, the, the bottom line is your prayer doesn't need to get really beyond the end of your nose. He said, that's how I come. He said, the Holy Ghost, God lives inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So really all we need to do, that's why we bow our head and pray because we're looking really at our temple. We're looking at the focus of where God dwells in us. That's our spirit. So when we bow our head and pray, we're speaking to God, if you will. And I, I just really like that, that uh, symbolism because so much of our focus is wrong, folks. We are, we are off base in terms of the way we think about God, where he's at. We're looking up to heaven. We're raising our hands and looking to a God that's outside of ourselves. When the, when the reality is, folks, that the kingdom of God is at hand, Jesus said. And in fact, the kingdom of God is near you. And, and now it's even beyond near you. It's inside of you. I mean, that's what, that's what uh, you know, John was so excited to see and was just proclaiming the straight, to make straight the way of the Lord because he was going to be the gateway unto a residence of, the, of God, a reconnection and residence and a oneness with God. And the, the, basically the golden text, if you will, of the ministry, New Man Ministries, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away, all things have become new. That's my paraphrase. I have to tell you, when you read that, that scripture, that's that verse alone has some incredible uh, revelation in it. It's actually credible. That word incredible should never even be used as it pertains to God. It has some awesome, awesome revelation in it. Multifaceted revelation. First of all, if you be in Christ, well, to be in Christ, you have to be born into Christ. And that is we're born of one spirit into one body. That is a spiritual baptism. That is a spiritual rebirth. You know, Nicodemus had to go through that with Jesus. Am I to enter my mother's womb again as an old man and come out? And see, he totally missed the point when Jesus was interacting with him. Jesus was talking about a spiritual rebirth. And that's what happens when we accept Jesus, when we, when we respond to the gospel by faith being drawn by the, by the Holy Ghost. We become reunited, reconnected with our, our creator, the Father God, and when we become recreated or recreated, we actually become a new species. The old concept of who we were as a degenerate, rejected, uh, atrophied, perverted creation, or not a creation, but perverted, uh, fallen state of creation, being separate from our creator, now has been reconnected. And folks, when you get reconnected to the electricity, you have power available to operate whatever it is you are drawing that power to produce and i tell you we're re, we are we are plugged back into the eternal power the father god and and so you're recreated a new species even the original language talks about there being a new creature old has passed away well that's talking about the old nature now the new nature is upon us and so that's what we live from is the new nature that's what this ministry is all about New man ministries. It's talking about pneuma, and then I contracted with the letter N, a, my own little word, new man, to kind of be a playoff words like N-E-W-M-A-N, new man. It sounds like new man, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the new man. If he man be in Christ, he is a new man. Well, what is that new man? I will tell you that probably 
I don't know. I bet it's the majority for certain. 75, 80 plus percent, 85 plus percent of the body of Christ has no concept of what the new man really is and certainly does not live from and develop the relationship to who they are as a new man in Christ, who they are as spirit first. That's what this ministry is all about. And I tell you, we are going to, by the Holy Spirit, receive divine revelation. That process of revelation is the logos of God, the, the, the utterance of the Father. You know, when you look in John chapter one, you see the word. In the beginning was the word, capital W. And the word was with God, capital W. And the word was God, capital W. And, and then it goes on to say that the word became flesh. And if you look at the original language from which W-O-R-D was rendered, it's actually the Greek word logos. That word logos, and folks, I don't want to really get off here. I'm going to, I'm going to get into this in later podcasts because we are talking right now in my, my uh, family uh, church right now, family group. We are talking about this very issue. We're doing a word study about rhema. And I know there's a lot that's been d- developed about Rhema. Praise God for that. Or there's even a namesake school, Rhema Bible Training Center, that a lot of that a good chunk of my family and the core of who I am today is has been rendered from people that have graduated from that school or had association with that school. I have such a tremendous respect for Kenneth E. Hagan, his son, and that ministry. And uh, praise God for the revelation for men and women that were willing to listen to the voice of the Spirit and 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 move forward to create that school and train people in these concepts. But I have to tell you, there is so much about what Rhema really means. And I'm I, it's being unveiled to me even, even today as we speak. But one of the things I have to tell you about Rhema is, is that it it that particular Greek word, R-H-E-M-A, is a Greek word that the English will be translated to word, W-R-D. So too, the Greek word logos, L-O-G-O-S, that Greek word is also translated to the English uh, language as W-O-R-D, word. So you see why it's so important. People oftentimes, they're like, what in the world is it with people that want to talk about Greek when they preach the word or teach the word or Hebrew? Well, that's the very reason why, because the English language is limited in terms of its scope and ability to transfer meaning like it did from the original language. I mean, when you have the original language in Greek that the word, that the inspired word was written on the page, you know, in, then you have to understand that that really is the original meaning and intent of the author inspired by the Holy Spirit. So to go back to that original language, then you get the original intent more fully. And so the original intent, when you go back and look at in your blue letter Bible or whatever it is, and you click on it and go to the Greek uh, uh, concordance and you see exactly what the word in English, W-O-R-D, is translated from, whether it's logos or rhema, will tell you two complete things, different things. It's so important to do this, I I tell you, or to listen to teachers that have spent that time uh, delving into that because the reality is word logos is most assuredly the the utterance from someone. In this case, in John chapter 1, when it says the word became flesh, the logos became flesh, 
That is the word of God, Jehovah God. That is his word who was spoken into this dimension, took upon himself flesh. The Logos literally manifest through the faith of God and his inspired utterance, the son, the, 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 uh, the, the sperma, if you will, the seed that, that by the Holy Spirit impregnated the Virgin Mary. He, she was impregnated by the inspired utterance of the word of God. She said, let it be unto me according to thy word. See, that word, that logos is there, but I have to tell you, logos is, is wonderful and you can learn and gain knowledge from logos in the soulless realm. And I'll say that so much of what happens in the church today, you know, is limited to a soulish relationship and understanding with logos. Here's the reality. Logos does not bring faith. It does not produce revelation. And what I mean by revelation, I mean the inspired transformation of your soul to understanding by way of the spirit. You know, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Do you realize that Jesus as the Logos was nothing without the spirit of God, capital S. And he even said that. He said that I do as my father does. I say what my father says. He, do, he does his will. Everything about Jesus' existence as the Logos, of course, was that because he was the, the, the inspired utterance of the father who was going to bring about what the father's faith was calling out. That's what words do. Words activate, or words are the, uh, the, uh, the vehicle through which faith operates. And so to talk about logos and pneuma, and I'm sorry, I know I'm kind of stitching around here a little bit and back and forth, talking about the ministry, new man ministries, talking about who you are as spirit first, talking about the difference between logos and rhema, both of which are translated to the English language, W-O-R-D, word. Well, you have to realize that when you have relationship with the word of God, only from a soulish perspective, it's the logos that you are having that relationship with, if you will, that you're gaining understanding and knowledge from, and you can benefit from that. But I have to tell you, the word in Romans says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Guess what that English W-O-R-D is translated from? It's not translated from logos. It's translated from rhema. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. So it's different when you see on the page word W-R-D translated from logos or word W-R-D translated from rhema. And this is, I know this seems confusing, but, but I, Holy Ghost, I thank you. You're the teacher here and you are multiplying uh, revelation and understanding as, as, I, as I seek to speak in an inspired utterance here. So you have to understand that it's not enough to experience God through his logos. Yes, you have to have relationship with logos because that's the only way you get rhema. You get rhema through the logos of God. But here's the reality. Here's how. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. 
See, you have to understand that God's word, why? He's a spirit. God is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's what Jesus told the woman at the well to close that off, that circle back to that story. <clears throat> he was talking with her and told her, it doesn't matter which mountain you worship on. The reality is you carry God with you once you accept the gospel truth. You know, once you accept me as your eternal sacrifice, and, and you accept that, and then you, you live, become a new creature. Your spirit is made alive again, reconnected to the Father. The Holy Ghost comes and lives with inside of you, literally. You and the Father are one through, the, through his spirit. You, your fabric is the same fabric and, and matrix as the Father. You and the Father are one fabric in spirit. So wherever you go, there he is. You are the living, breathing temple of the living God. <clears throat> we have this treasure in earthen vessels, one verse talks about, talking about our flesh. Well, of course, it's a treasure to know that we are the living ark now of his new covenant walking through this earth. Praise God. Man, we covered, covered a lot of ground here. But the reality of really what I want trying to bring forth here is for you to understand new man ministries is about the discovery, the, the learning, the revelation, and the life by spirit, pneuma. <clears throat> and the process of you gaining the, the abilities in the spirit, you living and moving and activating uh, by faith, the realities of the spirit into this dimension is all a process of the spirit by faith. And we realize that we have to understand that the only way we can do that is by rhema word. We have to receive the rhema word. We have to receive not just the logos, but the, the, the logos that becomes inspired and, and, and delivered <clears throat> by the Spirit, through your spirit, to your soul, to bring a revelation which renews your mind like Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about. Excuse me. So that is the way that faith comes and that is the way that you are able then to, by faith, declare those things that be not as though they were and see the manifestation of the fullness of everything that is complete in the Spirit manifest in this dimension. So I want to just go ahead and, and move on and talk a little bit about the spirit dimension. Now talk a little bit about exactly you know, what I'm talking about when I'm saying that we're spirit beings, that we need to focus on the spirit realm, that we need to focus on who we are as spirit first because that is where God is at. That is how we communicate with God. That's the reality. We cannot, we, we have such a limited ability and concept of communication and relationship outside the spirit. Yes, from the soul. Your soul is comprised of three components, mind, will, and emotion. <clears throat> That's often characterized by a lot of uh, very uh, credible teachers. You know, they've broken that, the concepts of soul down into those three components, mind, will, and emotions. And you have to understand that each, the, each of those areas of your soul have voices and have ears, if you will. In other words, they're attentive to certain 
information exchange. And so you need to understand that so too your spirit has a voice. So too your spirit has ears. You know, uh, Jesus, as he was teaching his disciples and some of the religious leaders were there questioning like they always were and with one eyebrow raised, you know, looking at who is this person from Nazareth? You know, he was the son of Joseph and and Mary and they didn't understand, you know, that he or accept that he really was, a lot of them didn't, that he really was the incarnate, you know, the father incarnate. Did you know that the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him physically? That's what the word says. He was literally the father in this earth by way of his spirit living and manifesting his redemptive work and qualities unto man to restore him back into relationship. And do you realize that that's the reason why we're here? We're here more, we're here primarily for one purpose. We're here to have relationship with our father. And the reality of that experience is that we who were once cut off in that because of the sin of one man, Adam, who then began this process, you know, or this, this existence, if you will, of a fallen state where we had been separated spiritually from God. We had been dead, if you will, spiritually dead. That's what spiritual death is, being separated from God. He started that process through his error. We were born into that separation from God in the spirit. But now, after his new covenant, because of what he has done, we now have the opportunity to be reconnected to our Father if we will accept the work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, being raised together with him in newness of life. That's the newness of the spirit life. But now you realize that as a spirit, living in a soul or living in a body, having a soul, you have to relate to your Father then by and through your spirit. If you do not train yourself, if you do not uh, bring yourself to a consciousness, if you will, or an awareness of who you are as a spirit, you're going to struggle to live out the things of God. And in fact, I'm just going to say it's not going to happen. It's going to be just fits and starts, if you will. That's not what God intended. God intended this to be simple. See, the thing about so much of the spirit realm and and the issues to do with who we are as spirit just makes your mind go tilt because the mind communicates and relates to facts. Facts are something that can be proven in this dimension. You know, I I if I smell smoke, then I know through a process of experience that that if I smell smoke, there's likely there's a fire somewhere. There's something on fire. And I can go out and trace through that smoke back to where that fire exists or that issue exists. You know, I mean, those are fact, that's a fact-based, experience-driven process. See, the problem and the issue with so much of where Christians live their life is in that same MO, mode of op- or method of operation or mode of operation. And that is to take everything in from the soulless realm based on their previous experiences and thus prove out, you know, the truth or non-truth of things. And while there is a good side of that, as it relates to all the knowledge of the of this dimension in the soulless realm, 
it absolutely flies in the face and will inhibit you from moving in the spirit realm, from walking as a spirit being, from relating, and that's the most important thing, obviously, to your creator, to the Father God, who is spirit, and they that worship him, and they, I'm going to go on here and just just insert blank for the revelation here. Jesus said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I'm going to say that they that that talk to him must talk to him in spirit and truth. They that walk with him must walk with him in spirit and truth. They that, you know, convey his power, convey his truth. They that preach, they that teach, they that prophesy must do so in spirit and in truth. See, that's the issue is that so much of our experience is limited to only the soul. That is not where the life is at. That is not where where the Father in the Spirit, capital S, and the Word, which through the Spirit is not just Logos, but becomes Rhema, and then inspires and founds faith that can move the mountain. That's not where those things are at. They are in the Spirit. They are a spiritual It's a spiritual context through which and by which that you access all of that and should live and be motivated and deliver that that from. So I, I can't say this enough. That's what New Man Ministries is about. It's about spirit filled life. It's about living, about knowing who you are as spirit first, living by the spirit communicating and living and executing the will and the steps that God have, has ordered for you by the spirit, walking out and performing those things that God has written in the, uh, a book, your book. Folks, there are books written in heaven. I'm going to tell you every single one of us have a book. This is thus saith Greg, but what I can see in the scripture, every single one of us have a book. That book is the inspired, imaginative rendering of the Father God as it pertains to the exploits of Greg Clarkson, of Sarah Chazinski, of whoever. You just insert the blank of, of, of names here. I don't know who Sarah Chazinski is, but that name just came out. The reality is every single one of you have a book written in heaven that outlines the fullness of God's will for our lives. Those words are spirit. Those ideas, those imaginations, those renderings of God's creative desire for your life are spirit and you will only walk those steps that are ordered through that book, if you will, by the spirit. You've got to understand that. We've got to, to get to that place that walking by the Spirit is, just, is more real than our experiences in the soul. <laughs> uh, because elsewise, we're just not going to relate with God. We're not going to, to understand you know, the things of God and move in the things of God because it's all by the Spirit. Praise God. I'm so excited to launch into this ministry. As you can tell, I just can't even hardly contain myself. I've got so many things that I, I want to speak out and I just, I get going and I tell you, it's just like almost like a, 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 a shotgun of just 
so much utterance and inspiration that comes up in my spirit. And I've got to uh, almost bridle that to keep from just running off tangent after tangent after tangent because there is so much that I want to convey by way of the Spirit of God. And I pray that this indeed is a work of the Spirit, capital S, talking about the Holy Ghost through my spirit as I endeavor to release that unction from my heart through these podcasts. Uh, Again, I thank you so much for paying attention. I thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to strive to just produce these podcasts as frequently as as I get the opportunities. Uh, I'm literally in my garage because I don't have, and that was kind of one of the idealistic things I was hoping to get, and I was allowing it to inhibit me from getting started in this. I was trying to get to a place where I had a ministry building uh, that I could have some privacy and so forth. Uh, Okay, you know what? I'm done with the idealism. I'm, right, I'm embracing reality. I'm stepping out. And what I know I need to be doing, I should have been doing over two years ago. I'm in my garage, a tin barn, if you will. I'm sorry for the acoustics, but I believe it's going to uh, be effectual nonetheless. So stay hooked up. Praise God. I, I do pray that you do, by your spirit, be awakened unto who you are, spirit first. And that through that process and through that revelation, you will encounter and receive a greater revelation of the Father God and his will for your life. Amen. Until next time, thank you for joining the New Man Now podcast. We'll see you next time.